Hey y'all, it's Audrey Ellis. Why is it that color? Hmm. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Okay. Hey y'all, it's Audrey Ellis. And <laughs> you're listening to Ask Audrey. I have an echo button on, but that's cool. I'm still posted. I like that. Okay. So today I woke up and I felt just a little like dejected and like discouraged from wanting to do another episode not because I don't want to do the podcast itself but because of things that I feel limited in having the ability to say so today I woke up thinking about how I'm doing a series now on depression and I realized that you know sometimes the depression I faced sometimes the depression I face has come simply from just being a black woman in America and that's the truth I woke up this morning and I have my hair in twists and I have my hair locked up because in order to get a job, it's more presentable. If I wear my hair down, then you know people tend to stare, people tend to want to touch, people tend to want to ask questions and run their fingers through it to see if it's real and see how it feels. And that right there is not depressing, it's frustrating. But the depressing part is the fact that people won't choose you for a job if your hair is too nappy or too kinky. You know, that your hair is not beautiful unless it looks closer to that of white, Asian, and Latin people's hair. And I'm not Afro-Latinos, but, you know, European-looking Latin people. And so I woke up this morning, and I was like, I love my hair. and But it's only easy for me to love it when I'm at home. It's hard for me to love it out in the world because most times I do get that behavior from other people. I remember... Um, before I get into it, I remember I went to work at an old job and I was on the job for maybe a week, not even a week, because this was during training and training was only a week. So I was on the job for like, I want to say three days. And on the third day, I decided to wear my hair. No, no, I'm sorry. I went to work on the first day and I wore my hair down and I was all happy, you know, because I love my, my little kinky curly fro. I wore my hair down, didn't think anything of it. And my boss was a woman and she was a Latin woman, but she looks like a white woman, but she was a Latin woman. And she looked at me kind of strange. She was just kind of studying me and studying my hair. And so I noticed how she was, you know, kind of just taken aback by my appearance. And it made me feel uncomfortable. So I decided to put my hair up in a ponytail the next day. I decided to, like, just douse it with products and just weigh it down with all kind of products. Because when I do that, it makes the curl pattern look a little bit softer and to the world a little bit prettier. So I put my hair in a bun. And I put it on top of my head and I wrapped, like, a little cute scarf around my hair and when I came to work the next day this was like maybe my third or fourth day of work when I came to work that day with my hair done up like that she said oh that's much better I like your hair like that and I'm thinking to myself first of all who asked you I didn't ask you for your opinion you don't need to tell me that you like my hair better like anything because I'm not telling you how I like anything you do better I'm not saying oh I like you better when you wear makeup or I like you better when you cover up your your chubby parts of your body I don't say anything to you because I'm not looking at you like that. I don't have that kind of judgment towards you. But everywhere I go, whenever I've worn my hair down, I think I'm looking so cute, you know, so beautiful, so fly within my own right. But then I walk out into the world and I see the stairs and all of a sudden my confidence is just, you know, reduced. And it shouldn't be, but it's hard not to because, you know, you just feel like you stand out so much when you don't look like what people consider to be the norm. So to avoid the stress and 
the inevitable feelings of depression and sadness that follow, I just, I just decided to like lock my hair up because it's more presentable, it's more professional. And after doing that, I did realize that I was able to get, I got more job uh, offers. And for like a period of six months, I went without work. Every time I went on job interviews, I had my hair down in my natural state. Didn't get not one call back. Some people didn't even, some people would send an email, but it would be a generic email that sometimes didn't even have the position that I applied for. And the email would just be a generic email saying, you know, oh, you applied for a night auditor and you didn't get it. And I thought I didn't apply for a night auditor, but they just sent something just, you know, no care, no concern, just tell her she doesn't have the job. And so I experienced that a few times in one interview when I came in with my hair down, the woman looked at me, she started talking with me and it was like the quickest interview I've ever had in my life. I don't even think it lasted five minutes, but she told me, hey, don't stop looking for other jobs. And I thought, okay, this is not going well. But I locked my hair up and after locking my hair up, I literally locked my hair up, I want to say a month before I made the decision to lock it up permanently. A month before I got a job, I had been unemployed for a while and I locked my hair up and then like within, I wouldn't even say a month, it was like within a couple of weeks, I was employed like that and I had more than one offer, you know, for, for employment. And I live in Orange County, California, so a lot of people don't know that this county is as racist as it is. And I mean, no disrespect to those people out here who aren't racist, because good for you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. But it is a really racist county, and it doesn't even just stop with white people. It goes on to Latin people and Asian people as well. You know, it's like uh, when in Rome, so because their skin is lighter, I guess, they decide to assimilate to white culture and treat black people as such. And the black people out here in Orange County typically what I see it doesn't look like what the stereotypes say about black people but yet we're still treated as if we are walking around in the stereotypical form of a black woman or a black man and so I say all of that to go back to the point I was getting ready to make I woke up this morning and I was like you know I'm tired of wearing twists and locks I love my hair I love wearing it down I love you know running my fingers through it when it's uh, when I'm you know styling it with my styling gels and creams and stuff and I want to wear my hair down and what, there was a new girl that got hired at my location where I work right now, and she got hired with a fro. I don't know how her hair was in the interview, though. I highly doubt she wore an afro in her interview, but it's possible she did, and they might have felt the need to kind of hire her just so she wouldn't... Maybe this company decided, hey, we need to hire her because we don't want to look like we discriminated against her for, you know, you know superficial reasons, but... Just knowing how interviews go for black women, I just feel like she put her hair up in a nice little neat bun because that's how we have to do in order to get through and get by in life. And so when I saw her wear her hair down, I thought to myself, oh, she looks beautiful. I wish I had the courage to do that. Her texture is, is similar to mine. And I'm thinking, you know, she wears it freely and proudly. I wish I had the courage to do that. But, you know, I was raised with this whole, there's a such thing as good hair and bad hair understanding. And so my hair is not considered that good you know, in the spectrum. I'm like towards the end of it. And so I'm, you know, just debating this morning as I woke up, debating the idea of just wearing my hair down and saying, F what people think, F what people say. But it's a hard choice to make because I like feeling confident. I like feeling beautiful and I like being treated well. And it's superficial and it's, you know, lame in a sense, but I know that if I wear my hair in a certain way, it might turn people off, turn people away from me, and cause people to look at me differently. And 
as strong as I tried to be at times. You guys know I've struggled with mental health, so the anxiety I get just from thinking of doing that just makes it not worth it to me. But that makes me sad. And that's why I said depression oftentimes can just come just from being a black woman in America because of the things that we cannot do as freely as other people do because it's not accepted as freely as other people. Like anyone else can wear their hair down. And because it's straight, it's fine, it's natural, it's normal. But because my hair isn't straight, it's not fine, it's not natural to other people, even though it is the natural, and it's not normal. And so that feeling of sadness made me not even want to get up and podcast because that debate within my mind of whether or not I should just do what I want to do and be myself and be proud of who I am, or if I just want to feel comfortable and feel safe and just not have everyone looking at me and trying to touch me and trying to ask me questions, that made me feel dejected, made me feel a little depressed, I can't even lie, made me feel sad and, and I want, I don't want to say hopeless, but in the sense of, you know, accepting my natural self, I look to the future trying to figure out when will come the day that I'll be able to accept everything about myself. And I hate to admit that because it's not, you know, doesn't paint a beautiful picture that you can't accept yourself for who you are, but right now it's my truth. And so before I get into the discussions of depression, I kind of want to give you an insight as to some of the things that I experienced that caused depression. On top of struggling with wearing my hair down, a part of the reason why I struggle with wearing my natural texture out for the world to see is because in my workplace, and I've been talking for a while, I don't know if I've said it already, but in my workplace, I've had coworkers tell me, not just one, but multiple coworkers have told me that they were raised not to like black people. And these same coworkers will stand around when I'm near, or even when I'm in the conversation, and say disparaging things about black women specifically, black men too, but black women specifically, while I'm there about how ghetto we are, how rude we are, how you know, beautiful the mixed black girls are, and how unattractive, in a sense, the non-mixed black girls are. And so hearing those things, of course, the, the anger in me wants to come out and I want to just start yelling and cursing at people. But then, of course, it gives them the satisfaction of knowing that they were right, that I am everything that they think I am, instead of realizing that they're the cause of it. That rude, disrespectful conversation in my presence would be the cause of my justified anger. I mean, for people who know, who've read the Bible, Jesus got angry and what did he call it? He said it was righteous anger because people did wrong and his response to it his response of anger to it was rightfully so. When somebody's done wrong to him, they, they sinned against his father. He turned over the table because they were like gambling or bartering in a certain house that was supposed to be a house of the Lord, but they turned into a house of sin. You know, not to get religious because I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. And in order to get spiritual, I had to read some, you know, holy doctrine. But in reading that, it helps me to feel justified when I get angry about things that aren't fair and aren't right. But even still, when you're surrounded by people who don't look like you, when you're the only one there who looks like you, it's hard to be able to stand up for yourself because there's no one there to defend you. All you do is open yourself up to more ridicule, more judgment, and more stereotyping about you and who you are, who they think you are based on the things that they were taught to believe. You know, people try to convince me or try to um, help me to understand why they were raised the way they were, what their grandmothers and mothers experienced at the hands of black people that made them say black people were bad people and should not be liked or should not be trusted. And I think to myself, and I asked the question, you never experienced that from people who look like you? And the answer is like, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's kind of different because it's never different. It's ignorant. 
it's not about race and race doesn't cause people to do bad things it's not the race of a person that makes them an idiot or makes them ignorant or makes them bad it's the spirit of a person it's the home training of a person it's the heart of a person and the soul of a person it's their spiritual foundation or the lack thereof those are the things that make people a bad person but race has nothing to do with it but oftentimes we forget that and we just trust the the old traditional teachings of our parents and our grandparents and just believe that, well, why would my grandparents lie to me? Well, go into the world on your own and see if you actually are seeing what your grandparents taught you or if you can kind of draw, you know, a line in the sand. Like kind of see, well, I see why my parents said that, you know, black people, I've seen black people do bad things, but I've also seen white people, Latin people, and Asian people do bad things. So if I've seen everyone do it, how can we just label it as black people? How can we just say it? If you've seen white women get angry and aggressive, why do we call black women the angry black women? If we've seen, you know, black, if we've seen white men or Asian men become aggressive with their wives or with, you know, people out in public, why do we just call black men like the savages and the animals and things like that? Why do people ignore what they see in the news when, you know, blatantly racist killings happen and when blatantly racist um, police officers abuse their powers against black people? Why do we ignore that and still believe what our parents tell us that, oh, black people are not to be left, loved, trusted, treated properly, or, you know, even regarded in life? Why is that the case? So, like I said, before I go into my discussion about depression that I've struggled with, I've struggled with major depressive disorder, seasonal affective disorder, which is uh, abbreviated as SAD. I've struggled with that. I've struggled with, I think I've had a, like, psychotic episode because when I read the description of it. It was like for a couple of days I was having certain um, feelings and thoughts that made me feel like I wasn't really on this earth because the stress levels I was under were so high. And so I feel like I've had like a, like some kind of episode. I hate to say it because it feels bad. And that's what I'm trying to break that stigma about mental health, that you can say that you've been through something pertaining to your mental health and not be deemed a crazy, like loose cannon. So got to say it. Um as a major depressive disorder I've never been diagnosed with and I don't think I have bipolar disorder because when I've been depressed I haven't had moments of mania it's always been just low I've always just been sad for a long period of time and then when I come out of it then I'm out of it so um what are the depressive disorders I mentioned so many yesterday but I feel like I've experienced quite a few of them and oftentimes they've related to anxiety and I feel like when I think about it when I've read up on anxiety and depression and how they relate, usually the depression comes from the lack of control of whatever's causing you to be anxious. So oftentimes what causes me to be anxious is, like I said, being in the presence of people who treat me the way they treat me just because I'm black. I get anxious because I want to be able to respond. I want to be able to say, you can't do that to me. And I have before, but it never turns out right. I've been fired from jobs because I've spoken up for myself when people call me the N-word and people call me Aunt Jemima and things like that. So now, because I've been fired from jobs, I had to learn, okay, can't stand up for yourself like that, otherwise you'll lose your job. You know, and that kind of anxiety within, it's, if you can't let it out properly, if you can't express yourself, then it leads to nothing but depression, sadness, because I can't think of a, of a way to not feel sad about being mistreated and not being able to control it or not being able to have it rectified or people not caring to do right by you. So whew, we'll get into all of the other, like the definitions and the stories behind the different depression or depressive disorders that 
I mentioned yesterday, but I just wanted to get that off my chest before I go to work today because, like, I have 20 more minutes before I have to leave and maybe 30. But just knowing that I have to go to work with people like this, people who say the N-word around me, people who say it, well, in the past, people who said it to me, and I don't have to work with those people, but still, knowing that I have to go to work and deal with these people and have to fake nice just so they won't think I'm ghetto or I'm the angry black woman or I'm you know, crazy or any of the things that people will mislabel a black person when they try to stand up for themselves. Just so I won't hear that, I have to go to work and just put on this happy face and pretend that everything is okay and smile through the disrespectful comments and smile through the disrespectful actions. I have to just pretend like it is hunky-dory, even though it's not. And so that can take a toll on someone's mental health. It can take a toll on someone's spirit. And I always look forward to the day when I can leave that, that place, but I have to realize leaving that place will not leave behind the, the mistreatment that will come. As long as people believe that race makes someone a bad person, then I have to know that I will walk into this world and walk through this world coming across people in all phases of my life who feel the same way and who will act the same way. So I try to take this experience as an opportunity to develop strength and to sharpen the iron within me that will help me to somehow grow from this situation. So for right now, I don't know if being quiet is the best thing to do because it makes me feel weak to be quiet and not stand up for myself. But when I know what's happened for me, happened to me in the past, the retaliation I received for standing up for myself in racially uh, improper situations, when I know that I've been retaliated against, then I kind of try to weigh my options. What's best, being quiet or being right? If I'm quiet, it just makes me anxious on the inside, but at least I have my livelihood intact. I have a job. I can take care of myself. But if I stand up for myself, may not have a job, but at least I have my morals intact. It's it's a struggle. And I've said it in episodes in the past. Sometimes this this my episodes might be episodes where I ask questions to others. What should I do? You know, what do you think is the best choice? You know, from a logical and mature standpoint. I've watched a bunch of YouTube videos from different cultures, like Eastern culture and Western culture, about how to deal with people like this. And most of the videos I've watched have said that the mature person just lets things roll off their shoulders. And I try to, but I feel like most people don't experience as many instances of having to roll things off their shoulders as black people do. You know, there are phases in life where certain races are under attack. You know, Latin people right now with the wall situation, that's terrible. And no matter what people have said to me, you know, Latin people have said to me that's been disrespectful, I know that not every Latin person is like that. I've come across amazing people of all races, so I don't just judge them, you know, just because of a bad experience with one or two, because that's exactly what's being done to me, and I, I feel like I know better. So, you know, I know in, in historical context, there's been situations where Japanese people have been mistreated. You know, Jewish people have been mistreated. So, you know, everyone has their, their moments, like, of intolerance and uh, moments of, of abuse, I should say, but I feel like even behind those stories, the constant has always been the mistreatment and the disrespect towards black people. And I wish we could just figure out a way to try and, and I wish there was a way to, that I can, that someone can help me just deal better. And I'm a 30 year old black woman and I'm trying to figure out how to just deal better. When I was younger, I ignored it. And I thought it really didn't exist. And now that I'm older, I realize it does. And it's just hard to accept. It feels like a culture shock. So thank y'all for listening. And we'll get into the, all the different types of depression 
next week, starting on Monday. And in the meantime, I hope you have a great weekend. And I'll take care.